okay. Well, you know, it's great to be able to, you know, uh, at least get four fifths of uh, of the legendary <laughs> group rift. Um, I'm out here in England. It's, it's the fortunate thing for us is it's ten thirty at night, so our clocks don't go don't go oh, back wow. or spring forward until until midnight tonight. So um, if not, it, I would have to wait until around eleven o'clock, eleven thirty tonight. But it's really great to see you guys. Um, this is my second time interviewing Nitty, but it's great to really have the rest of you guys um, on on board. Um, the past twelve months has really been something when it comes to a revival of um, and an affiliate and an affection for 90s music um, Cassidy's Pastor Mike and the Versus Battle especially Teddy and Babyface really got everyone saying yeah you know we actually miss that era and and out of all of that you know we've been doing these interviews and especially with the 90s artists and people from all over the world are just loving the, the backstories and and looking forward to when things settle down that they can come back and see you guys um, on, on tour. Um, but it, it would be great just to get, because um, I know that three out of the four, five of you were back in the day, you know, back with the movie and everything. You know, the, the two new members have, have joined in and the group has sort of taken an, a different approach going forward. So. It might be good to introduce yourselves and um, you know names and, and and everything, and then we can just go from there. All right. Well, I'm Michael Best, aka Nitty Green. Um, thanks for having me, man. This is a pleasure sitting down with you, um, speaking once again. I was excited about it. So, and I'm I'm so happy to have my fellas with me on this time, and I think we're gonna have a ball. We definitely gonna have a ball. Go ahead. This is um Anthony Buller, aka Big Chill, one of the founders of the group. I at that. Man, I need boys. Definitely, thanks, Anthony. Okay. And I am Stephen E. Capers Jr., aka Smooth B. The Mayor. Uh, one of the originals in the building. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, uh, last but not least, I'm I'm Kenny Wilkins. I'm the newest, well, one of the newest members in the group. Okay. Um, I don't have no AKA. I guess my AKA will be K. K. <laughs> I call me K. Uh, so I, that's what it is. I can start with you, then, Kenny. Where, where, how did you? Time. We'll have one for you. <laughs> in time <laughs> but I can start with you Kenny being one of the new the, the new members of the group um, and then we also have to uh, Torino he's, he's the one that's not around today as, um, but I'm, I'm sure we'll get to meet up with him later but Kenny mm -hmm. starting with you being one of the new members of the group how did you sort of get uh, connect with them and were you familiar with with the group prior to joining well, yeah, I'm familiar with them because, you know, I'm, I'm formerly, uh, I used to live in Patterson. Um, uh, everybody here, you know, we, we grew up, we kind of grew up together. I knew them for a long time. We did a lot of gospel music together, the gospel singing together um, in the on the quartet circuit um, in that area. So um, I just got a call from Mike um, asking if I was interested in it. Uh, I said, at this point, you know, 
this day and age, you know, anything that that you kind of had, you know, in your spirit to do, you know, is kind of good to kind of just kind of go for it and just see what happens. I was never afraid, uh, but I just wasn't that cat at that moment. So now it's like, let's do it, you know, so, so here I am. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. interesting when I, cause when I interviewed um, Eric Williams um, from Blackstreet, I was amazed to find out how much talent came from Patterson or came from the New Jersey area, you know, from Big Bub and all you guys and, um, it, it just amazes me how the small circle, um, because we always hear about New York and Harlem, but all of a mm-hmm. sudden there was an explosion coming from you guys and stuff. Um, uh, yeah, I was born in Inglewood. You know, that's that's okay. where I was born. Inglewood with Big Bob and, and Eric Williams. You know, everybody. I mean, I don't I don't know anybody who don't know those guys. You know, those are very very legendary cats. So, but yeah, yeah. I mean, when we think about, um, you know, Rift, um, you know, a group that sort of took over from you guys in a sense was, like, say, as yet, that sense of being able to harmonize and, and, and but, but also showcase, um, you know, dance steps. So it was almost a, a, a cross between the Temptations and Troop, you know, yeah. uh, when, when Rift first came out. Unfortunately, you... By the time when the 90s exploded with, with the bands and Rift didn't sort of didn't move, progress as the rest. But it's great to find out that you guys could still, after all this time, still have kept this bond together. I know that probably about a couple of, maybe four or five years ago, you guys were coming out. Um, but what has brought this sort of reincarnation? at this time, 2021, after all this sort of time apart. Chill? You want, uh, yeah, I take it. Okay. Well, basically, um, <clears throat> we've never, um, we ne- we've never stopped um, doing music. We just took a, a different um, avenue in terms of ministry, gospel. So we wanted to uh, basically try something um, that we were um, brought up on, and um, we actually struck a deal over at um, Sony um, Sony Records, our gospel group. But um, for for yeah, but for whatever reason, um, something happened. You know, because of um, you know something negative. You know, one of the guys. Not that it, it was done intentionally. You know, but I guess you know some people they judge you. You know, for, for whatever reason, they judge you the wrong way, and and sometimes it sort of like hurts you, especially if it's not what they think in terms of being positive, positive. So we, we that deal sort of fell through, but in the meanwhile, we never stopped. We we pursued the gospel for a couple of years, and we basically gathered, you know, our thoughts, you know, uh, while being away from the um, the R and B should I say, um, failed. Um, but then we decided, you know, it was time to strike back up and basically do what we've, you know, always, you know, um, reluctant to do. And that was um, bring back the rip, you know, the rip, the rip group. And um, myself, along with my brother, Dwayne at the time, um, um, Stephen and Mike, we um, went ahead and we pursued. And we did it for like, a, I want to say, for about two years among the four 
because at that time, Kenny, who was alive, rest in peace, my brother, at that time when he was alive, um, he was still basically doing his own thing. So it so happens that us four, we were still rocking out, but we felt, you know, Rip has always been a group of five. Um, and we still thought it was something missing from the Rip sound. So we decided to add in another brother, a good friend of ours um, named Delvis Damon. And um, we did that for about three years. And then um, Dwayne, he decided that he wanted to relocate in terms of um, moving to a different uh, uh, state. So which was California. In Jersey and California, it's like um, East Coast, West Coast. That's like a six-hour difference in terms of flight-wise. Yeah. So, and then he said, you know what, while I'm out here, you know, I might as well rock out with my brother, Shy. Um, so he started singing with Shy, which left Riff down to three at that time. So we decided to um, pick up, no, actually it was four, my bad. So we decided to pick up another guy. His name was Andre Lamar. And we um, became the five-member group again. So um, um, as far as um, taking a break from the, the music, um, we, we did it. And um, I don't know if, you know, when you had the interview with Michael, um, yeah. Nitty, um, I don't know if he broke it down to you, but because of music changing um, and, you know, us trying to, you know, get in when where we could fit in, basically George, Jodas T. Boys, the men and they, their style of how they was trying to do music or portray, portraying music at that time. We are trying to do basically what they was doing because they were selling records, you know, and not that we weren't selling records we was doing records too as well we was doing top 10 hits we had number two number we had a lot of uh top 10 songs on the charts that did very very well for us um but to make a long story short it so happens that um you know sometimes as young young kids or uh, you know you get caught up with the times and then you get caught up to where you you begin to make decisions and make decisions being good or bad for yourself. And that's what basically happened to us. Um, I think it wasn't that we made a bad choice. It's just that we decided that we wanted to do something different. And that's why the, the success didn't take off like how it did for High Five, Joe to see Boys to Men, you know, for Riff. And, you know, a lot of people, they misunderstand the situation because of not hearing our story. But we got a we got a very big story that's that's soon to come that we're going to be telling about the whole life of Riff and the things that we've experienced during the whole thirty year run in the music game. So you can look forward to that, to where you can basically come inside of our world and see what happened on the positive end and on the negative end, basically, and that'll speak for itself. You know, I think one of the things that we've been able to reflect on a lot of the interviews I've had with a lot of the acts from the 90s is that it's quite easy to think that um, decisions are made and stuff, but we've realized that you're up against a lot when it comes to record labels and managers. Cool. And, you know, it's, it isn't like the NBA where if, you, if you're Le LeBron James, they give you a guaranteed salary and is everyone making sure that you're good enough, you know, you're paid, and doing your job day in and day out. Within the music industry, it's as if you've got the talent, but everyone's looking how to get a piece of the money when you're not watching and, and, and stuff. So we, we can get an understand that 
um, especially, you know, when I spoke to Michael, he, he, you know, he told us about the situation with SBC, is it SBC? SBK. SBK, yeah, the SBK and stuff. And at the time, they were like, wow, you know, you guys had an opportunity to be as big as Boys to Men and stuff. Um, David Foster coming in to do the record, but yeah, yeah. it's you know, and and it, I guess hindsight so it's twenty twenty, um, but you know, and, and it'd be great for you guys to, to be able to do a documentary to share and, and 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 discuss that. But when you look at the sort of first album that you did, because that's the one that really took off, you know, especially had the top ten hits, and it was, um, but it showcased a lot more choreography, dancing, and stuff. Um, at this stage of, of your careers, uh, can, can I can imagine if a troop were coming back out, <laughs> we'd be wondering if they're able to continue doing the same routines, as well as New Edition, because they seem to have continued. How, how are you guys able to sort of keep up with the choreography that really defined you guys in those early days? Smooth. <laughs> well, uh, we, we just... Uh... We tone it down. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, we still make it fun and exciting. <laughs> but you, you got to tone it down. I mean, you figure like 30, like when we first came out, Cass was doing splits, you know, jumping in the air, doing flips and everything. So, you know, yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, we just had to tone it down. You know, we had that guy eight. <laughs> this current for um incarnation of rip how long has it been um that the five of you have said this is us now well this group has actually been together um you know me anthony and steven we never stopped but it's been a year since we actually got on the stage together and performed because of the pandemic yeah so pulling in the two new members, Kenny and Terenio, like, you know, it, we, we've had, I want to say, one boot camp rehearsal so far. You know what I mean? And we're pretty much getting ready to go in a different direction as far as our rehearsal time because we want to be ready this fall. I want to say this fall, like we're taking little shows right now, but the fall, you know, it looks like we're going to be really, really busy. So, and our thing is we want, because we had those top 10 hits, you know, we had the movie, people definitely knows who we are. You know what I mean? When we strike up into those 90 songs, they may remember those songs. Cause again, they were top 10 hits. The other day, oh yeah, I remember the song. They sing that. So it's like, you know, they're, Mainly looking for those guys that, you know, that sing that school song, right? But then when we strike those other songs up, they're going to know those records. But we thrive off of flatlining the stage, I like to call it, which means killing the stage. So we put everything we have into our show so that our audience will not forget that we were there. So... I've been to a lot of the 90s shows. You see a lot of the same people on the same shows. And people make their rounds and they go see those shows. They definitely get out there to see them, but they're singing the same thing. So what's going to make Riff 
a little different. I probably shouldn't be talking like this because I don't want people to get the same idea that I'm getting. <laughs> but we're trying to make sure that our show stand up against those hits, that those bona fide hits that those cats have. And they're not singing them very well. Not that people really care. As long as you sing the hits, they singing them with you. They don't even know they off key or they, 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 their vocals aren't the same way. I could say that the crew that we have right now, you know, is definitely, we're going to be able to stand up and, and be one of those groups, man, that people remember when they come to a show. I promise you that a hundred thousand degrees. I just had coffee. I'm not going to get hype. I'm not going to get hype. I'm just saying, I promise you, our job is to make people, especially those first three roles, they're getting the business. Because once they see those first three roles jumping in and going, the arena is going crazy. So there you go. We win. The question I have, especially, oh, maybe Kenny, you can answer this, is that what's the difference between having the four as opposed to five um, because um, you back in those and I think back in the 90s there was a move to I think a quartet so there's about four maybe you get a three between three and four um, but as, as, as Anthony has sort of alluded that you needed to have five does it sound wise is it much different having five people singing than, than four yeah, it's very, very much different. The uh, background vocals, for, for one, it's kind of got gives you a more fuller and thicker sound. It it kind of makes uh, it kind of makes us sound just like the record. I mean, the record when you hear the record, the record is really, really thick in its background vocals. Um, having that fifth member um, kind of makes the leader focus on their lead and the background the focus strictly on their background just kind of makes it a little easier um the leader can go for broke and just have a great time leading uh that particular song in the background can focus on backing that leader up uh and making that thing really really come to life so yeah it makes a huge difference and i and i do wonder going forward um is that one of the things that i i, I couldn't understand um and, and um a long time was a group like SWV, um, you had Coco singing and Lily uh, and Todd doing background. I interviewed recently Brian Alexander Morgan. He really explained the power of the background vocalist um, yes. as opposed to the lead, which really opened my eyes. But I, within, your, within the current group now, are you guys going to mix it around or do you have one or two people who are going to be focused on the lead and the rest really supporting with the strong background? Everybody in our group can rip. Every every single person in our in our group can get busy, as Mike would say. Mike say, "Get busy." We can get busy. So anybody at any given moment can grab that microphone and get down. It's just, it's just not a problem for us. Yeah. But the but the songs that you're singing, going, um, I think some of the older ones, and then I'm sure you're going to be coming up with some new ones. Yeah. Would you just have? Would would you rotate between the five of you as to who? singing one lead on the whole song or would you just have three different people or four different people singing verses on the song throughout it, it'll stay true to 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 what the original to, to what the original song was we'll stay true to it 
Um, but if that person just maybe have a horse, horse or something, whatever the case, the show must go on. We got to keep moving. And um, please don't get it twisted. So if Mike can't do his lead, Chill can do it. Chill can't do it. I can do it. I can't do it. So it's 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 kind of going across the board. You know what I'm saying? I don't think nobody could do smooth because smooth was way in the bottom doing his baritone thing. Please. So can't nobody rock that out. But even smooth can get up there and rock something. Rock I'm, no, something. I'm, I'm the only person that can handle that bass. <laughs> Who got that bass on lock? See, no, he, see, okay. And, and that's when he's dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> see the the thing is about riff um i think the one thing that we never established in our group because we had so much talent in one band coming out uh we never established like a lead singer you know like a one like like the main lead singer we never established that from the first album to the second album because it was so much going on at the time. And I think that's what made us different because any one of us could step out at any time, take the mic and claim the victory. So I think um, right now, we pretty much do a lot of songs where we split vocals, where like you'll see me come out and I hand it off to to Kenny, or and then you'll see Till come, you'll see Buzz come out, Steven come out to Renio. Like, so we kind of switch off on the leads to make it easier and the crowd, or you know, or get to see what every man does. And we do, we are gonna have some songs where like one person would lead the song and the rest will follow. So it's gonna be a variety, a variety of, of things that we're trying to put out there as far as the new riff sound. I mean, one of my strange favorite groups was Backstreet Boys. I mean, there were five, but it, it, it didn't seem, they, they had, everyone had their parts and Brian was the first sort of YNA kind of, okay, I'm coming at the back with sort of power vocals. Stuff. But it, it did give set, set a balance where we knew it's who'd start, who'd, who'd be in the middle and who, who'd sort of finish. New music wise, industry has shifted you know it's it's those gone are the days when you you know you, Warner Brothers comes and gives you a half a million to go record and stuff things have changed uh, apart from the fact that promotion is different mm-hmm. what, what should we expect when it comes to new music um, not just if we're getting yet again any but also the, the, the direction of the music um, and the reason I say this is because You've got your hardcore sort of 90s R&B fans, you know, mid you know, 40s to 50s year olds who, who still hold dear to their 90s stuff. Don't necessarily enjoy the sort of trap music that's coming out that <laughs> seems to be like, no, you know, this is alienating us. And so hence they just go back to the old. But I, I'm just wondering how you balance because you still might need to try and get a younger audience with the music. But how do you then try and cater to the audience who've kind of grown up and would be at those rival shows with new stuff. Well, I, let me let, let me take some of it, and then the rest of the fellas can answer. I, listening to the radio, like yeah, they they are paid to play um, who they're programmed. Like like it's like they have a list 
of people that they have to stay. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, they have to they have to play these people because this is a big club. You have to understand this. The music game is a big club. Like so, they have this set list. These people that they need to play now. The game has changed totally. So, I think the only thing we have to stand. First of all, stand on is that we got to be true to who we are. You know what I mean? Regardless of the fact. Yeah, listen to what's going on. I'm not saying not turn, and not all of the music that's out there now is bad. But if we want to fit in to what's going on right now, we have to pay attention to it and wish for the best. See, they all look at it like, well, you guys are too old now, blah, blah, blah. And I hate that because to me, it seems like they only say the black artists are old. Mm. They don't say that about the, I'm not, and I'm, I'm not racist, man. My, you know what I mean? I'm just saying I got white family. I'm just letting you know, they're not saying that about the white artists, man. They're not saying the Backstreet Boys or New Kids on the Block come out with an album. They ain't saying they old. It's uh, I love the music, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think what Riff has to do is just stay true to what Riff does, you know, get a good producer that understands like what's going on today, but still keep what we do, which is the five part harmony, the five part soul with a little bit of yesterday and a lot of today. And if we can do that, I believe that we will cut through and people will understand that although music has changed and we're touching on it a little bit, the realness is going to remain. It's going to come out and you will understand and remember it as well. Because it's going to be different. And at the same time, we're still going to keep what we like to do so that we can please our, our family that's been supporting us all these years. Yeah, we definitely want to make new fans. Definitely. We definitely want to go into those arenas where they're performing and flatline the building. We want them to love us. But at the same time, we're going to give them something that they may not have seen yet, especially when it comes down to the drop of the music and we just can stand there and rock. And it's just like, whoa, okay. And, and that's, you know, fellas, if I'm wrong, y'all tell me I'm wrong. I'm just, let, I'm just speaking what I am, but I, you know, the way I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, Anthony, I did see a doc um, on YouTube where you guys um, had um, were in a studio trying to come up with some new music or so, um, and this was you know, kind of revisited back to school and you were coming up with some new music. Ha what happened to that sort of music you put together? Has, has that have you just abandoned that and you're going to move forward and new stuff or what's yeah, it's trash. Like all of that music you'll hear, like maybe on SoundCloud or something, we leak it out there. Or, or like if you come to a rip show, we might be selling it in the back of the arena. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like we might package it up and be like, yo, here's some unreleased. Give me $10 for it. Take us home with you. Put it in your CD player. You know what I mean? Listen. It's a big game. You know what I mean? You have to know how to navigate through this game, man. It's serious out here, man. 
we ain't getting played the way we used to get played on the radio. So you have to figure out how to move. So all that music that we, and we had about, fellas, we had about 15, 20 songs. Oh yeah, you will hear those songs. You will get them. If you come to a rip show, you will, we'll gladly give it to you. We're still in national lockdown here in the UK and most of Europe. So I don't, it's a lot different in the States. But what is the plan over the next, you said in the fall, so are, have you guys got things booked up or is it in a studio t or rehearsing? What's the sort of sort of calendar that you uh, plan, timeline? Anybody else? Smoke beat, take that one, baby. Well, uh, we're going to be in the studio. Uh, we're going to try to get the, uh, well, right now we have uh, two songs out one a, a remake uh titled uh you're the inspiration or inspiration by uh by chicago and then there's another single that's gonna be uh premiered on a uh uh what is it independent independent movie titled pressure and that song is titled relax so right there you're gonna see two different sides of, of of riff right there so along while that's bumping we're gonna be in the studio you know getting some heats together and then we're gonna put them out there and and uh like like nitty said we're gonna flatline <laughs> <the place. laughs> yes definitely that's that's pretty much the the blueprint for everybody like right now it's just preparation you know, we do have like li like little warm warm up shows that we're we're getting geared into doing right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm thinking more so by the fall, like by September. You know, we already got a commitment from a couple of promoters that they're gonna give us. You know what I mean? Our minutes along with a lot of the other '90s groups that's out there right now, and we got to go out there. And like I said, flatline the building, man. And that's what we're gearing up. So we're in the studio recording. We actually got to do two albums. We got to do an original album and we're doing a remake album. At the same time, we're just going to continue putting content out that people can see. We're going to do music videos. We're going to get behind the scenes. Like you're going to see a lot of visuals with us. Um, like the preparation for our stage show. Like I said, we got a few warm-up shows that we're going to be doing, documenting, you know what I mean? We're, we're pretty much going to get into, like, we might do a documentary video, like, of the, of, you know, of the making of this group and, and where we are today. So there's a lot of things that we're discussing with management and with our full-blown team that we want to make happen. And in a very short time, like, we're trying to do it now, because when the fall come, we're going to be, we're hoping to be on the road tearing it down. So it's a lot going on right now. So we'll see, man. We'll see how it go. You mentioned doing a remake album. Uh, what, which, what remake of what, what type of, uh, what songs would be on that? What are you looking at covering other song, other groups and stuff? Or Yeah. Definitely. We're looking to do, I mean, right now it's going to be all the hits. So whatever we decide to do, 
whether that be pop or R&B, they're all hit songs already. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? They're, they're hit songs. It's just our interpretation of these records. We're not going to take from them and mess them up. Trust me, we're going to do them justice. So it's just a, 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 a gumbo full of hit records, freshly done right. by them boys, by them boys that you know. It's somebody that you don't know. You know who these guys are, okay? You know who they are. And we just going to take them where they need to go. Don't get me hyped. Don't get me hyped, yo. I'm trying to, try to calm down. <laughs> so Mike, 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 Mike's thing as as a fan would be, why <clears throat> would I be able to get a remake of, um, you know, the songs from your first album, you know, the, the ones you released, even the ones you released from your second album, even um, even the, the actual Lean on Me, a version of that. I mean, I would assume as fans would like to, you know, Judy's got a boyfriend in a different way, you know, maybe in a way that you probably would be a better riff way. Um, mm -hmm. You know, my heart, you know, that having it be done 2021, but- My heart is failing me, yeah. It's yeah, so, every time my heart because beats. that's, yeah, every time my heart. So those tracks actually redoing them um, because it, it then connects the old with the new. Mm -hmm. As I thought that's the remake you guys were to do that. No, because it, it would, because then you know you, 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 you know it's it would give those old songs a newer version of it, but it still connects us back to you guys. Um, Man, that's deep. Really we good. never we never thought of that, but that's that's heavy. It's a great idea. Okay, yeah, because I, mean, I, I would love that definitely, especially "Lean on Me." So it connects. So you that would be you know you, your own version of Bill Withers' "Lean on Me" connects us with. The movie and says, okay, these are the guys, you know, either your opening song each night, your, the songs that, yeah, the pop songs, which we knew you guys for, you're not doing the routines anymore, but you're still singing them in a, in, in a, in a riff way this year, uh, this, this day, this is where you guys are now. Um, even Judy's got it because people say, yeah, I remember that track, um, but it will be in, 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 a different, in a different manner as well. But yeah, that's I, actually, yeah, but that would be great to be able to. So, so, what's your favorite? What's your favorite one? What's your favorite riff song? Okay, so before Kenny you asked me what, what yeah. was my favorite? So, strangely enough, yeah, um, my heart is failing me. Um, it, it would, you know, because it, it was, it was, um, it was a nice sort of clean cuts track, uh, especially the routines. You know, yeah, the MC Hammer. They, well, they had the MC Hammer stuff, but it was a real, really powerful track. Um, I did, you know, I was a big Teddy Riley fan, and still am. And so, you know, when him and Mucho did um, Judy's Got a Boyfriend, it, it was it was okay. The problem was that when Rift were first around with their first album, they were in a different lane. So can you imagine Boys to Men doing some sort of Jodeci stuff? You know, mm -hmm. it just doesn't work. Yeah. They were in different lanes, and and they were very defined for their songs and 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 the image they portrayed. And I think when you guys when they came up with a second album, the sort of with, with it sort of took you guys away from what made them strong, 
and sort of crowded you in the market with everyone else. And so you weren't as distinct. They weren't as distinct. So I think going back to, to, to that first album and, and doing some of those sort of tracks that you did in the first album, redoing them now, kind of connects us with them. But also if you, if you had a chance to do, because I know Michael was saying that there was stuff that you guys were able to write on the second album and remakes were really big, but you didn't get a chance to remake a lot of the tracks. So maybe it's like, okay, how do we, we've got the lyrics, we've got the stuff. How do we try and update the songs and reinterpret them in a way that we probably think separates us? You know, maybe a cappella version of, of some of these songs or, mm -hmm. or just with a piano, but the songs are already there. And so we kind of remember the old, bring it with the new, and then sort of coming up with some of the new albums and stuff. You got my wheels turning. Got my wheels turning. Wheels <laughs> turning. I'm turning. So. Yeah. Well, well Mike is not here, but I mean, uh, while he was still waiting for him to join in. Um, yeah. I mean, but what, what's what are, what are the thoughts though? Um, well, with, with sort of the, have you started looking at new music? But we're always, um, let me just try to get, Hello? can you guys hear we, we, Yeah, we got you. Okay, yeah, right, so I was yeah. wondering if, if you guys started working on it with the new, were you just thinking of other new things? Uh, um, um, maybe someone can call Michael to see if he's still around, but as, as we talk. But music-wise, um, I, I don't know if I just threw some, some, some I was speaking rubbish, or, or did it seem like, okay, it might not be a bad idea? Well, well we were... Um, Thinking about you know uh, coming out and redoing some of the uh, uh, old stuff like well some of the original stuff such as my heart is failing me uh, every time my heart beats maybe baby is yours and maybe updating temporary insanity as well because that was one of my favorites. Um, uh, but like Chill was about to say, we're always listening or looking for new music. But at the same time, we did, uh, it did at one point land on the table of doing that. And we was probably looking for some type of confirmation. And by us doing this interview and you saying what you said, you know, now it's going to make us revisit because we was looking for confirmation and maybe you were that confirmation. Okay. Okay. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah, it's, and I know when I interviewed Michael, you, you spoke about there's a track that David Foster did for you guys uh, when you were looking to do a third album. Do you still have a copy of that where you guys recorded to say, okay, because we never got to, to hear that record, you know, and David Foster is probably one of the top three producers from the 90s and, and stuff. Did you guys still have that or do you? You know what? I got to go over by my old manager's house, Skip Van Rensselaer. Skip. <laughs> and go through his tapes. He might have a copy of it, man, but the song was incredible. Incredible. I'm telling you, man, it, it was like an audition because he, he, he didn't know us. You know, he probably knew of us, but, you know, the higher ups went to have the conversation with him. And... They brought us down to the studio to record the song and he wanted to do the whole album. So, you know, we, we went in, we, we recorded the song with him and that song 
blew them away. The company was like, yes, let's do it. And we ended up not going through with it. But uh, I'm going to find a song, man. And if I, if I could find it, I'll, I'll definitely send you a copy of it so that you can, you can, you can check it out. <laughs> yeah. But as I said, that's, that's almost like, a, 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 you know, one, not just a, not using, maybe not even using that old one, but actually seeing if you can redo it. In, in 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 the modern riff style with with the with the five of you now and 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 and, uh, and releasing it because it's as I said sometimes you don't want to work too hard you can uh, but strategically and 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 your fans are like you know still nostalgic for the old stuff but in a in a in a new overt way you know you're not just giving them and you, you still get to own the masters of your own stuff because mm. you, you're redoing you're redoing them so that's you're recording and owning them so when you do send them out um you know then it, it's easier to on top of that put some of the stuff that you guys wrote and and stuff and stuff after you guys the first group broke up um in 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 the, in the early 90s did which group did you think sort of continued what you guys did were you looking and said man they're doing just what we were doing and um, seem to be as successful with it. Anybody can take that one because I have my own, own you know, buzz uh, chill. Who, well, who, who, who did y'all see? Who did y'all see like come in and take pretty much our blueprint and was winning with it? Go ahead. Me personally, boys and men. Boys yeah. and men came out the same time we did, so they 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 don't they don't count. No, but what I'm saying is that, watch this. What I'm saying is that they transitioned from R&B to pop. Yeah, yeah. They was an R&B group, like Jodeci. Even though they had the uh, 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 Please Don't Go Away From Me and all them songs, um, How Do I Say Goodbye? But remember, they was a Motown Philly R&B dance. It was mm. like, like R&B hip hop. Mm. But, but the I'll make love to you and the bend the knees and the and the um and um end of the road was where we were at for the most part be be before doing the second album. So we had that pop of feel, even yeah. in terms of what what the songs that Foster was about to do, Dennis Lambert and the records that they had, and even the extra songs that we were hearing, but we wasn't trying to hear over at EMI SBK Records. So I think we stepped out of the lane that we were in and we went into a whole different lane to try to bowl and we wasn't knocking down no pins at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right, right. If you think about it, and not that we made like, you know, like I said before earlier, we young, you know, so we wanted to try something different. We wanted to, we wanted to spark up not knowing that we already had to spark up, but we yeah. wanted to spark up the heat a little bit more broader or quicker, like how they were. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And it, it wasn't even about it wasn't even about the um uh, 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 the, the songs. It was more so about the girls and and the fans, like how they would just take it to them so quick. But we still. We still had a lot of fans, like, but our fan was like more so Chinese, African, uh, uh, Caucasian. We had a variety of a lot of fans. Jodeci 
they had a lot of urban fan black yeah. girls and that's where we were from we were from the hood for the most part so it was like yo we're a pop group we we putting out the top 10 pop hits but to us it wasn't making sense because how, at that time wbls wasn't playing my hardest felony or wasn't playing every time my heart beat everywhere else around the country they were playing yeah you know what i'm saying the songs were being played everywhere else around the corner except for our own hometown and that yeah. kind of disturbed us to say you know what let's go ahead and do a urban record and let's try to make it work not knowing we were walking away right from success what i mean by success like the high level of where boys the men were able to gravitate and grab them grammy awards yeah he yeah. was unable to do it and and i think things the situation that was already defined for us we basically walked away from it you know and you know what it things happen you yeah. know what i'm saying and, and it's a learning experience because um the opportunity, how we know it was a learning experience, because the opportunity came again, and that's when we walked away from our deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which was a hurtful feeling, and like I said, it was you know it was a bad choice in our you know part. Not saying we 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 did it intentionally, but we did it intentionally, thinking that something good was gonna turn out good for us in our favor, but doing that basically blackballed us from the business, from the music game for many years. And by that time, when we decided that we wanted to get back into it, music didn't change. It was kind of hard because yeah. all these other groups that came out by that time, all for one, um, all these other groups came out. And it was like, it was kind of hard to come back and, and bat at home plate and hit a home run again. Yeah. And and, and, well, it's, and, it, and it's interesting because, as I said, Jodeci were unique in their style. Drew Hill sort of came off the coat of that, but they 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 did also try and veer in in a different way. But but you know, boys to men might not have been big in the in the clubs, but they were big in their bank accounts because they were selling more records. And so you you start watching you know, base um in sync and and and. Um, um, Backstreet Boys, they were Backstreet they were Boys. making more money than than Jodeci, um, and so that. Uh, but it's as I said in 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 the, at the time, it's quite hard, you know. To, I think reflection is always it's always great, but it also helps looking where you guys are going to be this time around because you might just you you know this is this makes a difference with the types of music you may put out now to make sure you yeah. stay in the lane that really defines you guys. And separates you from, you know, because if you if I if you're on a '90s tour, Drew Hill's gonna have their stuff, and H Town are gonna have their stuff, and Silk's gonna have their stuff, and you still need to make sure you, you stay in the lane that makes you guys one of the best, you know, um, that there was, and there and there still is, um, yeah. But I mean, smooth. I mean, what about yourself? Did you who did you think when you guys sort of departed that came out sort of took your lane? Well, I, I basically didn't see anybody that uh, took our lane, you know. I mean, there was a lot of good groups out there, but they still weren't doing what we were doing. I mean, I haven't seen no one uh, do what we did, what we did back in the day. Um, 
But again, that's just me. You know, um, I no, I didn't see it. I mean, it was just there. And to me personally, I don't think nobody took it and ran with it, especially as far as with the game plan. Yeah. And um, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, that that's what I, that that's what I feel. Yeah. Well, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Now that Chill put that out there like that, <laughs> I didn't know that he was going to do it like that. But there was a lot of groups that came out. Because you got to understand, like, 1991, see, we were the group that was known for singing that harmony in the bathroom. Now, yeah, now, right, right. Now, before us, there was Take Six. You understand what I'm saying? So everybody took from somebody. Right. Be honest with you. Like, everybody took from somebody. So... We had our thing. We got lucky, man, with that movie. On our album, our first album, we didn't even put the school song on it. You understand what I'm saying? We were being geared in another direction because I guess the record company had some type of plan. And we had some success. Okay, boom. In the, in the chart-wise and also in the movie soundtrack, you know, uh, um, um, wave. They had us doing a lot of movie sound soundtracks. The Lean on Me soundtrack, the White Man Can't Jump, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle soundtrack. They was working us many ways. But I saw groups come and do the acapellas like um, Boys and Men, um, Color Me Bad. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I saw them do it. And you've seen a lot of other groups try it, you know, try it, but weren't succeeding about it. But Boys and Men and Color Me Bad, Silk came out late, later. They was known for doing a little bit of acapella. Um, um, as yet? As yet is, to me, man, there's a lot I can say about as yet, man. Those are my boys. <laughs> Those are my boys. You know what I mean? Their formula, they found out, like, like they, they, to me, took it to another level. I can't really explain. Like, their formula is a little different. Because they had the Philly sound, but they also had the baby face um, overseeing that whole thing and take six. They had all of the major players working with them to develop the sound that they had. And the guys that was in the group were very talented guys, man. So I don't, you know, we've seen a lot, a lot of them come out. I think what Cats is gonna get from Riff this time is a lot more. We're gonna go right down the middle where it's even Steven, where like everybody can enjoy the music. See, we we're much older now, we're much yeah. aware of what's going on. Back then we was just going along, man. We had money in our pocket, man. We kids, man. <laughs> money and girls, man. We like, what is this? What, they screaming for me? You know what I mean? We didn't know. You know? We was just going. We were just going with it, doing what everybody want, wanted us to do. Yeah. And then that peer pressure of Jodeci and Boys and Men clouded our minds, man. It was like, yo, which way should we go? Plus, you got the, the hood talking like, yo, y'all got to come back to the hood. So it affected, <laughs> affected some of us. 
to the point where it's like, yo, man, we can't do the next album like this. We got to go in and do some black shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? We got to do some black shit, man. Let's go. And it clouded our minds when the record company, the higher ups already, yo, they, they literally gave us a pass. Like, go ahead. <laughs> and, yeah, that'll work out. And they sat back and watched us because they loved us. They loved us. The record company loved us, bro. They loved us. You know what I mean? I want to say Charles Cotman, Donald Rubin, Blossett Kitson, like Daniel Glass, Glass Note Records. They loved us. And they sat back and gave us a pass. They was like, go ahead, do it. But when we do this third album, I want to talk to y'all about something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they gave us the opportunity. They asked us, who you want to work with on this second album? Anybody you want. And that's when we went with people that was close to us. Yo, let's get Bernard Bell, man. <laughs> let's, uh, you know what I mean? Let's, let's try out this new producer, Troy Taylor. You know what I mean? Troy Taylor's produced um, Tyrese. He, you know what I mean? He was, you know, he was on everybody. He just did today. You know, so we wanted to follow behind today. We like, yo, who produced today's second album? We want him. So we got Troy Taylor. All B-level producers. I'm going to just go ahead and say it like it is. We didn't go ahead. Look, we... What we should have did was say, okay, give our whole budget to Teddy Riley. That's it. If we was going to go that way, we should have just gave the whole budget to Teddy. And just he was had cooking. Teddy do the whole thing. He was frying the cooking. charts. Frying the charts, man. Grease. <laughs> <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So the record company gave us the pass, and then they stopped. They said, okay, look, stop all this. We can't do it no more. We can't see y'all go down that hole. Mm. We're going to stick y'all with David Foster, who is the biggest producer in the game. Unbreak my heart in case you know anyone Come hasn't. on, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's, that's pretty much how it went, man. But yeah, a lot of groups came out and did things, man. But And I thank them because they, they, they kept real music alive. You know what I mean? The As Yet, the Silk. You understand what I'm saying? As far as the harmonies, man, as far, yeah. you know, Boys and Men came and flatlined the game with that style, took it to the top level. They, they are the kings as far as I'm concerned, you know what I mean? And, you know, it still, it still leaves room for the real singers today to yeah. come through and continue to do the real singing, man. People still want to hear that. Yeah. We just got to figure out how to level it, it out to please everybody, because the game has changed tremendously. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I mean, Kenny, you know, if you, from your point of view, what's your favorite track from, you know, um, from their first album or some of the soundtracks that they've done? Okay. Um, but I, I want to go somewhere else before I answer that okay, question. Okay, yeah, go ahead. So, um, uh, as a consumer at that time in the 90s, in the early 90s, um, Music was wherever the industry put you. Yes. So in, in Riff's perspective, you know, they started in pop, right? 
um, Boys the Men may have started in R&B, but they went to pop. But in my opinion, right, pop is probably the most marketed uh, uh, sort of genre of music, you know? Um, uh, Boys the Men then, I'm, not, I'm sorry, Riff then goes to uh, uh, R&B or, 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 or hip hop or whatever, that changed the perspective. You know, people don't really know them as being that sort of group. They know them, you know, people know Riff as being pop. So they may not understand, you know, that Riff could do it all. But <laughs> that first introduction to it is going to be whatever people put them out there. I mean, the record company put them out there first as a, as, as a I was about to say gospel group, first as a pop group. So people aren't going to understand anything other than pop from Riff. Yeah. You know, as time transcended, um, I mean, music nowadays is pop, hop, hip hop, and so on and so forth, all kind of jumbled into one. It's probably a little easier now than it was back then mm -hmm. um, to kind of get, um, you know, your feeling on a record. You know, Riff at the beginning in, in singing in the bathroom at Eastside High School, they wasn't pop. Right. They were music, <laughs> music. They, they did. They probably didn't care nothing about a genre or hip hop, or they wanted to sing music. Pretty so I think we have to, yeah, we have to get back to the essence of music. So I really don't like to be labeled as a pop artist, R and B, mm -hmm. or whatever. I just want to be labeled as a musician, as a singer, as a person as that sings artist. music. That is not, as an artist. I'm an artist. I sing. I sing pop. I like pop. I like R and B. I like hip hop. I like gospel. I like praise and worship music. You know, all of these things is what makes us as individuals. You know, Riff sings all of that. So in our music, in our presentation, you're going to get all of that kind of combined into one, right? Yeah. So let me go to your original question. So I felt I had to kind of make, yeah, that's make a point um, because I think, you know, once we come out or once any artists come out, they kind of label you as being whatever you came out first. Yeah. And they don't think, you know, that an artist wants to kind of do some other things. Of course, it has to be tasteful. Um, but when you have engines behind you and people making, uh, you know, decisions for you, you know, they're, they're going to steer you in the direction that they want to go, not necessarily the way you want to go. Yeah. So, um, so Rip, My Heart and Fail, My Heart is Failing Me is a good song that I enjoy from Riff singing. Um, um, is the Baby is Yours is, is one on the second record. Yeah. Um, and they got some um, some new material that um, I, I mean, I like all music. I'm not just, you know, you know, genre of point. I don't I don't I'm not going to go to a specific genre. I like music, period. Um, so, again, he was talking about the A and B list of producers. Um, music is music. You know, I just like it just has to be good. It has to be good. It has to feel good. It has to taste good. And when you hear that first track. It's got to be something that kind of makes you kind of be in your car, banging it out, banging it out and, and enjoying it. Like like now going forward, Riff is going to be really, really doing stuff. Um, it's going to be pop, but I'll say also it's going to be R&B. It's going to be a little gospel. It's going to be and all that's going to be mixed up with great background singing, great lead singing, great production. And, and you're just going to hear it. I understand with the trap. I get the trap. That's today's music. <laughs> And I can't talk bad about it because I enjoy some of it. Some of it is, is, is questionable, I'll say. But yeah. that's what 
that's what they're feeling. So I can't say that, you know, it's, it's garbage, you know, to me it might be, but to them, that's what they feeling. It's kind of similar to Riff saying, well, you know, I want to do R&B. I can't do this pop no more. It's similar to that, but yeah. they make a choice. Um, I don't think Riff, you know, intentionally went out to disrespect any female. Nowadays, you got that, and it seems like it's promoted. It seems like it's, that's what they want. Promote that more than they do love. Riff that's going to promote love and taking care of your lady. We want to start with sing to the ladies. You know what I mean? That's that's where it's at for us. So I'm sorry. That's why I had to go. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. You, you know, there's one track, and I wonder if you, if you can answer this. If you were to try, Blackstreet has recently just come out with um, a sort of a house version of No Diggity with uh, Stephen Lucas. Um, now, I know that that's not the core of their new album, but that's sort of a way of getting connected with new fans, but just almost getting their buzz out there. A song like um, White Man Can't Jump, could you see yourself redoing that type of track and, you know, in a 2021 sort of sort of version, you know, with some, you know, house DJs or so? Or would that be a song that you'd like, you know, we've done it, we've moved on? I mean, I could see that. I mean, like Kenny said, it, it just has to be tasteful. It's like when you hear that first 808 kick in, like, right. I mean, like, what else is going to come after that? I mean, me personally, if you ask me, I put a club beat behind my heart, it's felony. <laughs> I mean, because it, it, I mean, because the song is, 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 you know, he's talking about his heart is failing me and, and he's hurt. But then if you put that club beat behind it, it'll almost sound like an oxymoron. His heart is failing me, but everybody's like, oh, his heart is failing him. Oh, you <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that I would do that. But yes, I would see us doing. White man can't jump with a club beat, but like Kenny said, it has to be done right and correct. Yeah. So that way, when they hear it, they be like, "All right," and they just be banging their head to it. I yeah. can definitely see it. Yeah, I mean, you know, guys. I mean, I definitely, you know, I've, as I said, it's it's you know, you guys had a number of, you know, that film was a massive film, and the song did very well, and. Sometimes you can forget the old and just throw it away and say, let's just, and you rush straight into new stuff. So I always hope, especially, you know, the pastor Mike, most people love the fact that all these people are singing their old big hits. They didn't want new stuff. They wanted to hear the old. It's like, oh, yeah, we remember that. Unfortunately, some of the, a lot of artists are quick to get rid of what made them and, and, and sort of let's do some new stuff, which is very different from where we were. So... I said, as I said, I don't want to keep you in a time vault and say just be doing old stuff. But I think <laughs> after this long period of time, it might be a, a good way to reintroduce us where where where, where we, re, uh, we 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 you reinterpret some of your bigger hits that we hadn't heard, and then we just we just you know we just say okay, yep, we're ready for you guys again and stuff. Um, but heavy, I did, man. Yeah, but you know, I'd really appreciate you know the, the you know the fact that I can get you know as a four four out of five of you today. I really appreciate just hearing um, 
you know, at, at least getting the, the audience to get a sense of where you guys have been, where you guys are going through. Um, it's, it's, you know, I think if you had any sort of message, again, the four of you can all say some one thing about to, to the fans, you know, what to expect uh, and um, music-wise and, and, and tour-wise. Um, it would be great just to get the four of you just to give us a, a few things. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy, Nitty Green. Looking into our future, man, I promise you that what you will receive from the Lean On Me boys, you're going to receive music, man, that we believe in our hearts that is good. And you can check our track record, man, if you go back and just listen to the stuff that we've put out. It's been good music. You're going to get the best music that we possibly can give you on today. And I promise you that we will be true to ourselves and to you and give you something that you can use along the way. So stay tuned. Go ahead. Anybody else? Go ahead. Because I'm, you know, I'm hyped right now. I'm trying to calm down. Go ahead. I promise you, as Mike would say, 100%, 100,000%, we're going to make sure you get the best music that you can. Trust me. It's going to be packed full of full of vocals. I mean, riff. Just think about the, the word riff. Riff is known for having these crazy vocals. So we're going to make sure that you know what it is. Flatlining everywhere we go, mm -hmm. making sure that you enjoy yourself, singing to you, dropping you off a nice rose, just making sure you understand that we still here and we ain't going nowhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Smooth. Okay. Well, definition of riff is a vibrato movement of the vocal cords. Come on. <laughs> which I can guarantee you that all five of us have that definition. <laughs> you can guarantee, we can guarantee that what you hear you're going to love. Mm. Why? Because we're going to love it. And we know we're not going to put nothing out there that's going to uh, not represent where we come from and who we are. Come <laughs> with it, smooth. Yeah. <laughs> Top that, chill. <laughs> Top that, chill. <laughs> Yo, unmute yourself, baby. Okay. Go ahead. Unmute yourself. He's scared. Unmute he don't want to unmute himself. He can't follow behind that. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all can hear me? We yeah, got you. Yeah. Okay. Um, so first, I would like to say thank you to all the fans that's been riding with us for 30 years. We appreciate all the love. We appreciate all the dedication, you know, uh, that you've given Riff throughout our music careers. And we thank you and we ask that you continue to just be with us as we continue to give you all the great music that's about to happen in the future. And we ask that whatever you do, when we do present our new music to you, we just ask that you just stay loyal, call your radio stations, get them to support what real R&B has been missing, I want to say, for the last 10, 15 years. You know, we, we need it. We need to bring back love in our homes. We need to start loving our our ladies, our daughters, because what's, 
what's what's happening now, women being degraded, is to me it's not acceptable. And I don't know how, you know, some of these fans they accept it, you know, being called out of their names. But we're not gonna be about that life. We're gonna be about what life should be about, and that's love. And that's what we want to continue to give you. And we ask that you to support us throughout the rest of our journey, them lean on me boys, and we're gonna do our job to do what we gotta do to make sure that you're happy. Yeah. God bless you, and we wish you the best. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. All right, you did all right, you did Well, I definitely wanna thank you guys uh, for coming on, on, and you know, it's when, when talking to you guys, you start remembering, wow, you guys did this, you guys did that, did that and stuff lots of big hits and stuff and and uh, i just i do hope as a fan that we we do get um we do get in some ways and it reinterpretation of some of your biggest hits as you're putting out some new stuff and um as, as a way of just teasing us with like if you've forgotten us let's let's i want to remind you what we used to do while we get ready for what we're going to be doing and stuff mm. um, you know what so, uh, can, I, can i say something <laughs> Because like you, you bring up the the old stuff and, and, and uh you know making it new and I'm sitting here, I'm not trying to disrespect the states. I love the states and everything. But when we were on tour, right? Like this is our first time going out, we was with Elias. We have less you know? than a minute. We have less than a minute. Okay. Hey, hey. All right. I'm Okay, so what we do is when we come on stage, we doing our thing, we working hard, we working hard. But when we came out, uh, when we came overseas, it was like, you know, like they already knew us. So I would, I know for a fact that you guys would appreciate it when we bring back, you know, the old stuff and, 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 and make it fresh. I definitely know that because you guys appreciate great music. Not saying we don't, but I'm just saying y'all do just a little more. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you yeah, go. yeah, no, but I, I think, as I said, you know, you guys, you, you probably would see chance in them. They've done a new version of No Diggity, which some of the R&B fans may not like, but it's like pretty much remember. It's just getting getting the, the buzz out there. But in my head, I can imagine you guys doing. You know, Adele has um, someone like someone like me, piano. You guys have the vocal talent to pull up a song like that. Just with a keep, just with a piano, someone playing a piano, and just doing, you know, keeping in the lane where you're strong as ass, which is your vocals. So Adele, someone like me, just vocally, uh, with a, just a piano, sets you guys apart. But anyway, I would be interested to see what you guys are going to bring. I appreciate your time. I know this is going to cut off soon, but uh, thanks, Elise, for for setting this up, and um, I definitely. We'll keep in touch, and um, when the music comes out, you know, we, we, we'll have to do this again as well. Oh, definitely. definitely. No, listen, listen, I, I just want to say this. Thank you for putting that bug in the ear, because <laughs> we do have about, you know, five hits that we can sit down at the piano and just mm -hmm. record. Yeah. yeah and, just, and just... Thanks for watching. Please remember to subscribe to the channel, but most importantly, to press the notification bell so that you can be notified when we do have a new interview, loads to come, but thanks a lot for watching.